Hello and welcome to Fintech Impact. Just a reminder to sign up for my newsletter at jasonperra.ca where you will find out about all podcasts, newsletters, blog posts, and other goings on. Now on today's show. Today on the show, I'm very fortunate to have Edmund Walters, CEO and founder of Apprise Labs. Edmund is a fintech legend and he's the original founder of eMoney. And he's at it again with his encore performance now with Apprise Labs. With that, here's my interview with Edmund. Good morning, Edmund. Good morning. Thanks for taking the time. You're welcome. So, Edmund Walters, CEO of Apprise Labs, tell us about Apprise Labs. Prize Labs is a my second company in the financial fintech space. I started it about two years ago. It launched about two months ago, and we started launching it with uh, family offices and select RAAs in the United States. Excellent. So we are going to dive into the lengthy history that you have in this industry, and then, of course, uh, what this uh, what this second attempt to at kick at the can looks like, and why why it's so impressive. So first off, Edmund, you're, um, let's just say you're a bit of um, you know, financial industry legendary in that uh, you are the original founder, of course, of eMoney. Why don't you tell me about your history, both on before technology and in technology, and then what led to the creation of Appraise Labs, Appraise Labs? First of all, I was a financial advisor for about 17 years. I started right out of school. I went to Villanova, and the, the Monday after the, Friday, the Saturday I graduated, I was a financial advisor. I was a fee advisor that following Monday. I think I went through training for two months. And then after that, I was charging financial planning fees. I worked for a company called Pistol Tiffany, where we were dealing with business owners and high net worth people and charging $5,000 fees to do uh, advanced estate planning and business continuity planning. So that's where, that was my roots. I did that for almost 17 years. And at the end, I was traveling around the country, helping people with their IPOs back in the dot-com days. It was at that time I realized that clients were asking for a, a single platform to see their assets from multiple advisors, and they wanted to see a consolidated view of their holdings. And that gave me the idea of going out and creating eMoney. And that's when I left my practice, left all my clients with my other partners, and that was the jettison of eMoney. So I started eMoney then. That was the idea of the single platform, the idea of holistic view. That was the idea of tying the balance sheet and having all the accounts aggregated and then pulling it through the, the balance sheet, the cash flow, the, the state plan. And I did that for about 15 to 16 years and I sold that to uh, Fidelity Investments. I had two to three year hiatus that uh, was mandatory by my contract. Rest of invest, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I made it for about six months. So then about um, during that time period, I spent a lot of time with very wealthy people uh, around the country and, and asked them what they liked and didn't like about their estate planning, about their cash flow planning, about their financial planning. And what I found out is, is no one seems to be really happy with the experience they were getting. And I did a lot of research. So instead of meeting with consultants that are 23 years old and have no clue what they're doing, and they get their research out of a book, I actually went to the sources and found out a lot about our industry. And then from that, put together uh, work that I think outlined what the need was in our space. And then from that work, I went and visited with a lot of my old e-money users, the advisors, and sat down with them and, and sketched out what I thought was the ultimate solution that would satisfy the need in the space for the advisor-client relationship. And that was always my obsession. It was never what the, the corporations needed as much as the advisor and the client relationship, what's needed in the foxhole. Excellent. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, that's the relationship that determines whether or not the client's going to stay with that advisor or, you know, what the level of success is going to be is that interpersonal relationship. So, I mean, you were the, the first person to bring data aggregation to this, this industry. And now, 
this is kind of the next evolution of that to some degree in that you've kind of, you're actioning upon it, I'd say differently. And I've gotten a look at the early demo and I got to say UI, basic functionality, fantastic. Very, very, very modern approach. So well done in that regard. But let's talk about this time, what's different. So eMoney, very successful platform, number two in the space, I believe, by most surveys I read. What does a prize do differently than what eMoney did? A prize is all about the experience, all about the advisor and their client and how they're going to co-create and co-design. So I read a lot of articles now and people are now starting to pick up on that term. In fact, the other night when I was sitting with my wife, we, I read an article and said, what's the matter? And I said, I can't believe I'm reading this now. It's disturbing because the people are now quoting co-create, co-design and co-develop a plan with a client. And she says, why does it bother you? I said, because I, I started that. <laughs> in the last couple of years, I've been saying that as I was getting ready to roll out a prize. And they're saying that, but they're not doing that. A prize mm-hmm. does that. It truly does that. It is a total collaborative experience, which, by the way, may not make compliance feel excited. But the idea of this is you're doing a live design. You're doing a live presentation. And that's the risk I took. And that is what the client wants. And that was why it's so different. That's how it's so different than every other tool. You're going to be in a meeting with your client and this whole risk I took, the whole purpose of this tool is to allow the advisor to show their value. And that's what was missing in this industry for all these years. We've been so handcuffed by compliance and by the enterprises that we had to have the presentation done weeks in advance. And it was one one way, it was one to two, three to four to five, and you had to present it this way. Whereas now we're taking some shackles off, we're gonna put them in the presentation and touch screens or whatever kind of technology, and you're gonna present. And if the client turns around and says, no, Edmund, that's not 820,000, it's 860,000, we'll change it on the spot. No, Edmund, I'm not going to sell that house for a million four. I'm selling it for a million two. Change it on the spot. No, Edmund, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to buy a new house for for a million one. I'm going to I'm going to buy a new house for eight fifty. Change it on the spot. Let the advisor do what the advisor does best, and that is advise. Let the advisor show how good they are. Let the advisor free, and that's what this tool does. And when the advisor gets to demonstrate their value in front of a client, the client truly understands why they're paying that fee. If you're going to make the advisor into an anchorman and he has to read off a script or, or a canned presentation, no wonder the client wonders why they're paying a fee. So one of the things we did with the prize is nowhere in that presentation did they now have the flexibility to make changes and to design, co-create, and co-present. And the client at the same time has the freedom of flexibility to participate in the process. Whereas in the way the world is today, if I were to say, I would like to change something, or what if I bought a house in Florida and then three years sooner, they have to wait for the next meeting to see that. Yeah. Whereas now they can do it in that meeting. I think there's a, you said a lot there, and there's a lot to unpack. And I mean, I, I too have the experience of being early in, in thought and being dismissed for that thought. And then later on, you find people repeating what you said with no understanding for where it actually came from. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's always interesting to see like, oh yeah, okay, so now, now you think I'm right. And I will tell you, I, I kind of struggled with the entire concept previously, in previous years, of the entire concept of co-creation with the client there, because I, I felt in part that maybe it was discrediting the expertise that was being brought to bear. If it looked like I could click on a couple buttons on a software and just fix it. And then it, it dawned upon me a couple of things. One was that, frankly, the reality is, again, that's not where the value is. 
Secondly, I was being in, in a way held back by limitations of the software I was using, where if I wanted to change one variable, I had to go back and just double check all the cash flows and do all kinds of other work that just made on the spot planning very, very difficult to actually execute on properly. And then the last mm -hmm. kind of piece of that was I realized that doing like what you say, which is co-creation and, and customization on the spot, what you're doing is you're also building consent. Right. Like you're the client is, is buying. You don't have to sell them on a list of recommendations at the end of your plan. They're seeing if you implement each recommendation, show them the impact and they say yes or no, modify whatever it is. You're literally getting consent to every recommendation along the way. You're getting by it. And that's far more powerful than a here. Here's a list of marching. So I'm right up there with you. And as for the UI, and, and as you said about being able to change anything, having having seen the demo, oh my goodness, you, you are absolutely right. The, the ability to just click on a number and be like, whoops, that number's wrong, quick, type it in from anywhere. That was probably one of my favorite UI aspects of what you implemented. So so well done there. Yeah, and even, even on any box where there's numbers, to be able to click on the box and it validates what is inside that box and, and mm -hmm. approves the number, that was important for the advisors too, to, to, for validation and the end client. But I think the, what you, you said in there as far as to keep the case moving, the momentum, the other part of our industry that's really hard is how long it takes to work a case. So to have a case that could take nine months to 12 months, the client's timeline, it's too long for them. So they have other things in their lives. And when you start working a case, and especially estate planning, if you get in the <laughs> estate planning section and you're trying to get them focused and to get wills and trusts, I think one of the reasons that 90% of people don't really have updated wills is they get distracted in their own lives where they don't take it all the way to the end. So when you get them started on the wills and the trusts and you get, you get them going, it takes too long. So to have a, a process, if you can get it down to four or five months, boy, that's so much better too. It yeah, I mean, it's, long. yeah, the entire, and again, frustration. I, again, I think part of it, I think you'll agree, was limitations of some of the previous softwares where it just, it would take just a while to get through the plan. And then you have, you're working on mm -hmm. several plans and, you know, you got to book a meeting two weeks out. And it just, I would love to get to the point where, yes, okay, hey, client, you give me all the information. I've confirmed I got all the information and great. Are you free in two days? That would be the ideal. And you can do, I think the great, I think the, the thing we got to be clear on is that it's not about working on the entire plan start to finish with them. You can do work in advance and know what you want to mm -hmm. recommend to them and then mm -hmm. show them that and then get consent. It's not about like, okay, so we're sitting here from day one and how much money goes into your RSPs? Let's discuss that. Or in your case, sorry, uh, qualified accounts. I'm in Canada, what can I say? Mm -hmm. How much money goes into your qualified accounts? Uh, let's, let's go back and forth on that. It, it's not that. And I think it's, what I love about what you've done is, again, it's, it's as you said, it's kind of flipping the model and, and building that co-creation model that this gets buy-in from day one. So I think a couple of really cool aspects of this, besides the fact that I think you did a, a wonderful, incredible general set again on the UI and UX piece, you simplified the interface of the application down to just a couple of tabs at the top. And I think done so very effectively without losing any of the horsepower to this thing. So care to walk through what the user experience looks like to basically onboard a client and service a client with us? Well, to onboard a client is, is really easy other than aggregation is never easy. So the, that's one wild card. Aggregation is aggravation, but mm -hmm. the no one's ever solved that one. And we have Yodely, we also have Plaid. We're going to have every aggregator in there, but they're all the same. But the user interface to get the data in is really, really simple. We made it, we looked at every single data entry system out there to, and picked the easiest one. So we're getting lots of really good reviews on getting data in the system. Once, and we also pull the data from InvestNet, we pull it from MoneyGuy Pro, we pull it from several other systems. So we already pre-fill the data 
whenever possible. Mm, and we fantastic. pull from Fidelity, Pershing, and the claim firms. So that part's very, very simple, and we get lots of kudos. All the data through all the tools also passes back and forth. To get back to one of the things you said, though, which I forgot to mention, is sure. the reason the, the process is compressing so much in our current users is the feedback we're getting is if you have the client feeling that it is their plan because they're part of the process in designing it, where they're actually engaged in making changes as it's being designed, they actually are more forthright in getting the documents and other things you need during the process because they feel it is their plan they're creating. Very where true. in the old way, they're actually working for you, whereas now they feel they're working for themselves. Yep. I thought that was interesting. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I often, unfortunately, start my process by saying, "Look, the first part of this is not going to be pleasant. It's going to be you collecting a ton of information, yeah. but it's look at it as the opportunity to finally get everything everything in order. So everything gets in there. Talk to me about the experience of what it is to actually come up with the finalized plan. You know, you're dealing with the client, whether whether you do it in advance in preparation or do it with the client in the room. What does that experience look like in general? Well, we show them that their their current plan in a linear uh, point all the way out to age 100 and we show them their, their life stages. So their, their life expectancy of both of them. And on the left-hand side, we show them all of, and if you go to our website at prizelabs.com, you'll get to see a video demos as well as the app. But on the left-hand side, we actually talk about all those experiences that meant so much to them during their life stages, whether it's downsizing the home, moving to another location, gifting to the children, gifting to charities, any of the things that they felt were important to, the, to them. And then we do hypotheticals inside that uh, stage, you know, how much and at what time. As they turn them on, everything on the right uh, models out. And as they model out, the Monte Carlo starts taking effect. So it's all fully interactive. And then as on uh, all these different scenarios on top of each other, keep building up and down. And it shows the positive or the negative of each scenario as they get impacted. And on each uh, year that they impact, a little badge comes up so that when you go back and look at it later, it'll, it'll remind you that year, what, what was that actual scenario that took place? So it's pretty cool the way it interactively does that. The other neat thing about it is that interface that we have for the advisor to present with that client that day is what the client actually is taking home. So they get that same tool. Now the difference is they can't change the original plan, but they take that tool home and they take that tool home and they can play with it all they want, just like the advisory firm. And on the right-hand side, it's just going to show all the changes that the client has been making. So the advisor gets notified of what they've been playing with. Just so at the next time they get together, you can say, well, I can see we're looking at gifting and things like that. Let's talk about that. Fantastic. So they get their portal. They have their plan available at all times. They say to themselves, what would happen if we went on that dream vacation earlier, yeah. right? Go in and modify, right? And it's interesting. I mean, those are the kind of, a lot of times you'd be like, well, like I like them to call me for that. Well, you know, what's better than them calling you for that is them in their free time engaging themselves in the planning process and essentially being able to, to just tinker around. I mean, I can't imagine that they wouldn't love the ability to basically be able to just go in on the fly, see what their new idea would look like on their lives. And then, you know, as you said, we can see on the advisor side what happened and it could be something to the effect of, hey, so, so you're thinking about going on that big Bora Bora trip or you're, mm -hmm. you know, looking to help your kids buy their first house or whatever it is. How serious are you about that? Because if you are, let's, let's talk about what the impact is, right? And, and making it 
the website was always, most portals and most uh, websites have always been unidirectional, right? We're blasting out information to people, turn it into an engagement tool, which is really the next, gen the next phase, the next generation step. So in terms of how you've laid this out, one of the, the nicer aspects of this, and you know, it's not too different from, oh, it's, it's more of an evolved version than some of the stuff I used to see in the email decision center, but all the strategies, as you said, are laid out on the left and you have, you know, you, you itemize them as things like downsize home, adjust living expenses. So any, any kind of strategy or structure that someone would want to enter into with toggle switches, you can turn on and off. So you can see, you can turn them all on slowly and see the impact, as you said. So tell me about, about the library of those. Are you providing those? How much customization does the advisor have to create their own recommendations in that? How does that work? Yeah, we have a, a huge library on the left-hand side for them to choose from mm -hmm. and uh, really easy to use. And then we also created a drag and drop. So everything in life is about, and when it comes to planning, it is storytelling. Mm -hmm. So you, you create your, your scenarios that the client wants to talk about. So whether they uh, want to give to the children or be taking care of a parent or whatever the, the scenarios that they have in their lives. Then at the same time, once you put them in place, you're going to find out that some are more impactful than others to your plan and good and bad. So for example, if you may sell your business and that's a, an amazingly impactful, positive thing to your cash flow, and some like taking care of your parents may be a really bad negative thing as far as cash flow. But then once you're all created on the left-hand side in the design, then you just drag and drop them in the order that you want to, either maybe by year or by the size of the impact. You have your choice. But then, so when you present to your client, you can set the stage the right way. It's really cool. So one of the things that most tools can't do, they either do it by alphabetical or they do it by the order you put them in. This is allows you to, you know, you can rehearse before the meeting to present it the right way. It's a real powerful tool. And then with the client, you can, they can also move it around in their priorities, which is neat too. So it's a great tool. And then they, at the same time, they can delete the tools and they can turn around and say, well, that was silly. We've done a bunch of MBA players, for example, that are in the tool. And it's actually fun meetings because I turn around and put crazy stuff in like $300,000 watches and, and crazy car. <laughs> We delete them on the spot and after they see them with their moms and stuff. But it's a fun experience. It's a fun tool. It, it does everything from any asset you want to acquire to any asset you want to sell to it, travel remainder trusts to anything you can imagine you can put on that left-hand side and you can put it in any order. But being able to storytell is the most important part of it. So there's a splurge strategy I hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, I see you put a shout out to your alma mater, Villanova, uh, on the yeah. on the demo. So it's a little detail to pick up. Of course, of course. Yeah. So basically, you've categorized a couple. You've you segmented this into a couple of categories and then subcategories thereafter. And you got the clients, the facts, balance sheet, income studio, lifestyle studio, and legacy. So I mean, where the rubber really hits the road is in the last three: income, lifestyle, and and uh, legacy. Basically, I think from what I can see, the income studio is what we expect. The strategies go on. And you have the bar charts that build up over time and we can see where, how that works. How does that vary different from the lifestyle studio? What are you accomplishing differently between both of those two? Well, the income studio is your next 12 months. And when I left uh, Fidelity and went home that day, my wife has known me since I was 16. And she said, this is the first time you want to have a paycheck since you were 16. So I always, always worked. And how are we going to pay our bills? And I said, well, I sold the company. We're going to take it out of our investments. So I wanted to show her and explain to her, you know, it comes out of the, the investments actually generate the income that we're going to pay for. So that was the, that's why I built that tool when I actually built it with RBC reps. So I broke out income in various forms. And what that tool does is very simply, 
if you're heading toward your retirement years, or even if you're not in retirement years, you said, I want a really very clear picture of what my life looks like in the next 12 months with my income. And then talk about asset positioning, make sure I'm efficient with my income sources, because mm-hmm. I don't want to have too much income being put out and getting taxed. I like to have that analysis done. So mm-hmm. that's what that tool does. And if you do have excess income being produced by your portfolios and it's being taxed, you should reposition some assets. And if you have not enough, you should either bring your income down or you need to reposition assets to generate more income. Well, that's what that tool can do for you. So basically you're looking at the now versus the long-term, right? Like, like yeah. you know, let's do what we can to optimize now, which is, a, and it's interesting. I do find, I do find it ironic that your wife was concerned about that given who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but nevertheless, I totally also understand because there's that nerve wracking period of earlier time. Oh my God, we don't have a paycheck coming in. This is a whole new world to most people. So great. And then, and then moving over to the lifestyle studio, that's your forward projections of, of the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And it's all the, all the lifestyle and life stages you dream about and all the things you like to do for other people and, and for charities. So there are all the big things and can I do it without hurting myself or hurting the family? So really, I mean, income, lifestyle, legacy studio are effectually, should effectively be termed now, middle, end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they're all tying together. So if you're doing yeah. something like a child remainder trust, it affects the first, the second, and the third. Yeah. So let's talk about the the, life, the legacy studio in particular. I mean, it looks like you built what so what I've seen the more ro- most robust estate planning tool within a financial planning software I've seen thus far. Want to speak to why that was so important and what you're able to do with that, how that functions? It was hard. It was hard. <laughs> I think the number one reason people quit on estate planning is because they don't understand it and it's boring and people don't do the right thing with the, their money because it is such a painful process. And estate lawyers are very, very boring. So Mm. I think we really need to do a good job in in making something so complex be so clear. And Mm. that's a really hard thing to do. So I found that out. It took took us over a year to try to really just constantly bring it down to the basics. And the one thing that's most important in all of this is, is getting people to understand that good trust planning is not about trying to minimize your estate taxes. It's trying to do what's right for the family. And when I was right out of uh, college and doing estate planning, everyone was doing trust planning to minimize the estate taxes and get Uncle Sam and, and put everything in a trust. The real trust planning is to make sure the kid, the, the assets are protected from divorce and so make sure they're protected from litigation and, and risky jobs and, and from creditors and things like that. And we do a pretty good job in there in showing how if you put the money in, especially with high net worth families, you can provide a really good income for your children, but you can also make sure that grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to get educated and have a really good chance at a great life, even the ones you're never going to meet. I mean, too often, I think we get, we get bogged down in the tax side of it. Don't get me wrong, vitally yeah. important because we're trying to increase the pie, but the family dynamics side of it and the protection side of it is just huge. And if you want to talk about the value that advisors can add to a client situation, mm-hmm. everything you're talking about here in terms of, you know, like you said, with the protecting it from spouses or, or creditors, mm-hmm. whatever it is, we're talking about events that cut those amounts in half, right? Like there yeah. is, there's very little we can do on the tax side to have the same kind of impact that we can have if we prevent that negative event from happening. If you talk to a husband and wife, and especially with the wife in the room about her 45, 50 year old children, they still think their 45, 50-year-old son is 12. 
you know, yeah. that's still her baby. If you talk to her, them and really show sincere care and concern to make sure that those monies are going to be available not only for her son, but her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, uh, she'll see you in a light that she's never seen you before. And she'll understand your compassion and you are a, a trusted advisor because there's nothing more that she cares about than her family and her children and the same with the husband. So you have to have these conversations and they don't have these conversations. So we created a platform that they can have these conversations with. So they, it shows that the first death with mom gets an income and when she gets an asset and if, if the husband dies first, and then at the second death, what are the assets available? What goes to each child? And then before we go any further, you've got choices. You can give it to them outright. You can give them to give it to them in income only, and the trust stays uh, available for the next couple of generations. You can give it to them in pieces. You can give them to a chunk outright, and the rest in trust. How would you like to give it to them? And these are the reasons why you want to consider a trust, and then show them the reasons, and they can check off whether that's a concern. But we do it in a very soft way, where they can see that there, you know, is it are there any family marital concerns? Are there any health concerns? Are they and by having that conversation, it differentiates you from the other advisors. It's not a product. You're not selling a product. And too often, that's the problem is the plan becomes the product as opposed to the process and the and the core of, of the relationship. Um, and yeah. You've said it over and over again. And you clearly hit upon it. The, the concept behind this was, was basically collaboration, communication, all of that. Yeah. And I can't help but see how I, I liked the UI before and the UX before, but understanding where it came from, I totally understand how that design was informed by the concept. And I think you very effectively managed to lay that out in a very, if I was to look at this from the perspective of the client, it may not seem hyper-technical like some other ones do, but that's the point. You laid this out very effectively and communicated what's going on very, very well. So kudos to that. Well done. Thank you. The last tab you basically have on here, and this is one that you um, was announced more recently, is, is InvestNet Connect, uh, which integrates into this platform. Care to talk about what that does and how uh, that kind of supports the general philosophy of this platform? Yeah, I ran into the co this company about three or four years ago, one of the companies that's part of this, and it's a company called AdvisorStream. And it's run by, yeah, run by a guy named uh, Kevin Mohern. And when I saw his product, actually I had it be four years ago, when I saw his product presented, the Five minutes into his presentation, I interrupted him and I said, this thing is spectacular. And then I interrupted him maybe four more times. And I, it was, it's a great product. And I couldn't believe how great this product was. He has a product and he has an exclusive with the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, uh, Harvard Business Review, Bloomberg. God, it's on and on and on. So it's all these amazing companies and no pop-up ads, no banners, nothing. And I said, God, this is just spectacular. If I could get my news this way and none of this far right, far left garbage and, and just uh -huh. clean. So I was like, this is great. So I went to uh, see Judd Bergman and Bill Crager over at InvestNet, who are uh, very good friends of mine. And I said, guys, at the time I had e-money. And I was like, this is really good product. You guys should look at it too. And then I referred them over to SEI and I referred them uh -huh. over to a couple other firms. And I don't even know why I did it. I just liked them. So I referred him to like tons of these companies and he got some of the business and we've become good friends since then. So recently, Bill Crager and I were together and I said, Bill, you know what? We should go back and look at this with Kevin. So he, Bill's really big proponent of wellness. And then Bill said, let's do, let's do something. So we came up with this idea 
and we put an investment connect together. And the idea is instead of an end user client having to go to a website to get their performance reports and to get information on their holdings and to get information on news regarding the, the world and to get another place to go look at your financial plan and whether it's money guide or a prize or anything else, why don't we just send it to them? They deserve that, like a newsletter. Why not make it the 21st century newsletter? So we modeled it and designed it for Bill with Bill and Bill proved and made some changes and would come down to my office, got all the time and sneak in and, and give his uh, opinion constantly. And then we tweaked it, tweaked it, tweaked it. And then Bill said, that's a go. And then we, we finished it. It's about, uh, we were, we're going to, we were going to show it and unveil it at the event right before the pandemic uh, that InvestNet was having in Texas and then it canceled. So we're unveiling it on June 10th or June 12th when Bill has his virtual meeting. And uh, it is a combination of my labs, InvestNet, and AdvisorStream. So what someone would get would be, and then MoneyGuide Pro. So what someone would get would be a uh, their performance reports embedded with all their content of all those periodicals that are relevant to them. So we send them out a, a text to the husband and wife. They answer 16 questions, one to five, on relevant topics like arts and literature, how important is it? taxes, business succession planning, the recession, all those kind of things. And after they finish up, you know, health and exercise, after they finish those kind of questions, we understand and profile the two of them. Starting the next day, they get a, a, a newsletter that's absolutely gorgeous with their performance reports that they have with InvestNet, with the financial plan that they have up uh, whenever they want on demand. Yeah. And, and so powerful because there's no there's no other branding on there. I mean, it's it's a, no. it's a personally served up newsletter. And, you know, now the, the brilliance of this is now you're giving them an excuse to log in daily. Right. <laughs> you know? Whereas and, before, and, who logged you know, in the client portal daily unless you were, you know, very anxious. <laughs> yeah. Starting next month, there's a search piece in there and you can say, I want to search for like wine and you get wine spectator information. And then if you're not reading certain articles that we thought were relevant to you, they disappear. And the ones you're reading a lot, you get more of. It's the hyper-customization. Great trend. And speaks very well to what you built already because, again, you're all about basically getting the client what they want. And you just basically now are reinforcing that message through media that is valued, trusted, and essentially reinforcing of, of the message of what we're trying to do, which is enable their lifestyle. So again, well done. Kevin's a mutual friend. I, anyone who sees my, my social media streams knows that I am using advisor stream and yeah. uh, it's definitely a fantastic product. And, and, but just the use of this is next level to me. It's fantastic. So overall, again, a plus on the entire project, I got to say. So before we wrap up, uh, there's three questions I ask everybody at the end, uh, just to make you think and, and, uh, Spark some interesting conversation. The first question I have for you is if you had one wish for something you could change either in your company or the industry as a whole, what would it be? It would be for the our industry to start listening more to the advisor and the client and less to the big corporations. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This is a conversation that's come up more than once. Um, when you have a great software product and the enterprise client wants to give you X number of licenses and they want these features built in, usually without talking to their advisor staff. It's hard to say no to that, but then you have this entire struggle of, of where do you go? But I, I agree with you. I think uh, too little attention is paid to the end users and the people feeling the impact of those decisions when these choices are made, quite honestly. So Investment News asked me to do a, uh, a roundtable for them. And I said I would sponsor a roundtable, but I get to pick who's at the roundtable and they agreed. 
So I have a round table. It was going to be in August, probably be in September. It's going to be all reps. And they were, they were taken back by that. So it's going to be like 12 advisors in the round table. And I'm letting the advisors run their own round table. So they talk about what's important to them. And I think that'll be a good round table. This is so the generals versus the privates project a problem, right? Like yeah. the strategy and they think they know what's going on. And the privates on the front lines are like, are you kidding me? I'm not storming that hill. I'll get, you know, I'll get blown to bits, right? Like, you know, yeah, you have no idea what they're shooting at me. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, but if we go that way, I, have, I encounter less resistance. I don't understand where you're coming from, right? It's, exactly. You're doing, it's like the guy on the, uh, the battleship having the martini while we're all getting shot at. That's basically it. Uh, <laughs> so second question for you is, what's been the biggest challenge of getting at Prize Labs to where it is today? It's been the hardest thing in the world. I started the company and then Judd died. Oh, God. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, and he's one of my partners. And then after that, we get the momentum going. Then I got like 30 cases hot and then the pandemic happened so wow i'm hoping it's behind me now so when this is finally over uh, i think it's behind me but no business startup is easy but hopefully it's all behind me now but you have to expect it's always going to be hard it's never easy. true but that being said if we can assume some basic form of regression to the mean on luck you're due for some good luck in the next little while <laughs> yeah i am i am it can't be like this forever and then the last question I have for you is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and gets you up in the morning to keep on doing what you're doing, especially given the fact this is the second time you've done it. I have so much more to build. This is nothing. Like, it's like a true artist, the artwork is never done. It's just abandoned, right? Yeah, and, and people are looking at this saying, this is really cool. And this is the reason I left when I left eMoney is it wasn't that people thought I left because they were just changed the culture. They were going to stop me from building. And the moment you tell someone they can't improve the product, improve oh, it, forget it, I'm done, right? So yeah. and I shouldn't say this, but I already hate this product. So I never was happy at eMoney with the product. I always wanted to make it better. So this product right now is beautiful. And it's great by everybody that sees it the first few times, but I've already started on the spend down bucket product, like the next one on the right. And I already started on the next generation as you created your estate and your uh, lifestyle studio, we auto-generated your next gen, which is your kid's estate and your kid's lifestyle automatically generated when we created your parents, which is cool as hell. So as we started doing the gifting, unified credit, and anytime trust, we automatically generated your kid's plans. How cool is that? That's great. That is very cool. I mean, that, so that cool. stuff gets me up in the morning because I'm looking at this as like, this is great. It's better than anything out there, but it's the JV in my mind. So tomorrow I, I get up for tomorrow's fantastic i mean it's, it's kind of funny because i liken it to um it's almost you know talking to software developers about that first of all any good ones never fully satisfied with what they're working on because there's always room for improvement and i i often liken it to your wedding right like if your guests at the wedding will come up and tell you how beautiful how everything else is and they're being sincere about it and all you can see is the things that went wrong that day right, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. so Exactly. Well, please keep it up because, uh, you know, for a, let's call this the first public release version, it is a very slick product. So very interested to see where it goes from here. And um, very jealous that I can't use it again. <laughs> this one is. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Edmund, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. So that was my interview with Edmund Walters of Prize Labs. I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you take the time to look into what it is he's up to. As always, this has been Fintech Impact and I'm your host, Jason Pereira. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever is your podcast. Until next time, take care.
This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.